Praise God. Man, I feel recharged. I feel refueled. I feel excited about stepping out after tonight and knowing that God has given you and I the victory, that he is a good God. He is faithful to his word. Everything's going to work out. Let me tell you, everything's going to work out. I don't know about you, but I got things that I need worked out come this week. Anybody else got things that need to be worked out this week? So it's important that you praise and give God a hallelujah and give him thanks for those things that you might not yet see worked out, but you believe it in faith that he's going to work it out and you be at peace about it. You go home tonight and be at peace about it. You go home tonight and know that God is not going to fail you. You go home and know that you are resting in the palm of his hand and that God's got it under control. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen Tuesday. I, I don't know how things are going to work out. I don't know what your home situation is like. I don't know what your finances are like. I don't know what's going on in your job. I don't know what the career plan looks like. But I do know that somebody knows already what's going to happen tomorrow. And that is God. And if God be for me, then who can be against me? And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I've got to rest in the truth of knowing that God is going to work it out. He's faithful. And so, if it's just a handful of us, we're going we're gonna to put up a shout tonight. Let me tell you, our God deserves all praise. He alone deserves all the glory. There, I know, sometimes, you know, it, we're, we're thinking about having to get home and the stuff that we have to deal with and things that we have to, to face tomorrow. But sometimes we just need to stop and rest in the glory of Jesus Christ. The glory, is a, the glory of God is you and I knowing in faith that there is an end point. And the end point is the blessed assurance that God has already finished writing my story. He's done it already. The God who sits on his throne in heaven is not pulling out pen and pad and working through the paperwork of my life. It's done. It's finished. When he went to the cross and cried out with his last breath, it is finished. That was the completion of his work. It was the completion of you and I having this wonderful, blessed assurance that our final ending is going to be a victory ending. And I don't have to worry. I don't have to be in fear. I know without a doubt by the grace of God that I'm going all the way and I'm going with boldness. I'm going with courage. I'm going knowing that I have purpose, knowing that I have a destiny and knowing that whatever gets in my way, God is going to move it. So what is it that's in your way? What is it? Think about it. Because it's not bigger than God. What is it that you got to deal with tomorrow? Because it is no match for the power of God. The supernatural work of God. Meaning this, that anything and everything that you and I got to deal with tomorrow is simply in the natural. 
It cannot compete with the supernatural work of God. But you have to know who your God is. You have to know where your strength lies. You have to know in faith that there is nothing and no one greater than our God. You have to be committed to a great God. Your faith has to be completely in God. This is not the time to bounce around from one idea to the next, one concept to the next, one positive thought to the next. There is only one way, one truth, one life. It is in Jesus Christ. My message to you tonight is titled, No Strange God, lowercase g. No strange God. You know there's a lot of strange gods out there. There's a lot of things that people worship that is in opposition to our God. The God who gave us his only son, Jesus Christ. We, we today, in our society, we worship a lot of strange things. Beginning with ourselves. You know, some people worship themselves. I don't know how in the world I could come to a place where I worship myself. But it's easy to when you don't recognize your flaws. It's easy to recognize uh, uh, just your accomplishments sometimes and then find some sense of feeling like you have this worth, this power in you. There's a growing society that says you've, you've, got, you've got something to give. It's, it's all about you. But then the moment that you fails, well now... You're looking for another idol to worship, another thing to praise. And there's a lot of strange gods. I mean, we, in the effort to, to try to be positive, in the effort to try to feel better about oneself, we as a, as a, flawed, a flawed people, we have, we have attempted to worship a lot of things. People worship trees, and people worship cows, and some people worship their dogs. They can't live without their dog. And please don't be offended by me tonight. I know you love your dog, but there are some people that idolize their pets. Some people idolize their career, their job. They feel like life can't get any better than the position that they feel like they have earned in their own right. Some people idolize their bank account and their money. Some of us, we can't idolize our bank account because we don't know nothing about that. Some people idolize our relationships. We idolize a boyfriend, a girlfriend. We idolize a spouse. Some of y'all been like, I don't idolize my spouse. You don't got to worry about that. <laughs> but if it isn't God, then what have you given your attention to? If God's not getting all the glory then where do your commitments lie? Now more than ever, you have to be confident in who you worship. You have to know without a doubt by faith that God is the one and only true God and he is the only one that can save. And now more than ever, we need those who are going to be witnesses. Those who are going to make a stand and say, there's only one God. And this is a God who I don't have to earn 
his love because he first loved me. This is a God who I don't have to try to get to him because he came first to get me. This is the beauty of Christianity. This is the beauty of our God. In all other religions, in all efforts that we make to praise something, to idolize something, it is man's effort to raise something up, to glorify it in, in order to build it up. Oftentimes, everything that we idolize here on this earth is something that we've created with our own hands and with our own thinking. But God, while we were yet sinners, came and died on the cross for us. While we were still lost, he's the only God that came to rescue us while we were making a mess of things. No strange God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43, and if you've got your Bible, you can turn there. Because I want to read from the word tonight, and the word is life-giving. And I want you to be challenged and encouraged and I want you to go out of here knowing who your God is, knowing that your life belongs to the risen Savior, knowing that your God is real, not a dead God, not a fake God, not a false God. There's a lot of fake gods, lowercase g, but we serve the real God, the one and only true God, and he alone gets my praise. He alone is the one who I trust. He alone has the power to set the captives free, to open doors that you can't open. Anybody excited about my God? Isaiah chapter 43. The prophet Isaiah writes, God gave him a word in verse 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. And my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Tonight, I want you to know, to believe, and to understand. A lot of people come to church and they know, but they don't truly believe. And then maybe you even believe, but do you really understand? Do you really understand tonight that 2,000 years ago, Jesus came in the form of man. He, he took on flesh and he died on the cross and he paid our sin debt in full. Do you understand that? Do you understand that you've been washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus? Do you understand that you've been made a new person? Do you understand that it's because of Jesus I don't got to worry about my past. I don't got to worry about mistakes that I make today. I don't have to worry about mistakes that I make tomorrow because I've been washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. That is understanding. I got to know who my God is. I got to believe who my God is. I got to understand it. I got to be able to talk about it. This is why the word says, I'm looking for witnesses now. I'm not just looking for people that go to church. God is saying, I need people that are going to bear witness of who I am. God is looking for people that when they walk out these doors, it doesn't matter who runs up on you with any type of ideology or idol worship. You are able to stand in the darkest of hours and go, my God, my God, not yours, but my God. My God saves. My God heals. My God loves. I don't know what you're worshiping, but I know my God. My God went to a cross for me, and I understand it in my heart. I know it in my mind. I believe it in faith, and my soul is filled with the steadfast love of Jesus Christ. See, true witnesses are able to defend the faith when you know, when you believe, when you understand. And the Bible goes on to say in verse 10, before me, 
You with me? Say amen. amen. Isaiah 43, verse 10. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. What a boast. And you got to stand firm in faith on this word that God gives us. No, no God. Before me, there was nothing. After me, there will be nothing. I love this because this speaks of what we have forward to, what we have to look forward to. This speaks of our future. This speaks of the eternal rest that we're going to have in Christ Jesus. We're going to live with God forever. We're going to look like God, and there will be no other gods that will ever get in the way. No more idols. No more addictions. No more mess that comes from the darkness of our soul. No more mess from the devil himself. He will be done. There's no other gods. Verse 11, I, I am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. Nobody else is going to save you but Jesus. Nobody and nothing. Money is not going to save you tonight. Money is not going to save you tomorrow. It never will. Your career is not going to save you. Your new boyfriend is not going to save you. Your new girlfriend is not going to save you. Your best friend that you call so often in the midnight hour is not going to save you. There's somebody else who's available for you to talk to in the midnight hour. He's the only one that can save you. His name is Jesus. And you have to call on the name of Jesus. No one else can save you. Nothing. Not moving down to Florida is not even going to save you. The palm trees can't save you. I'm sorry. The sandy beaches are not going to save you. The blue waters and the waves are not going to save you. The coconut water is not going to make you feel better forever and ever and ever. It's a vacation. Yes, it is. But you got to come back home. You got to walk this concrete jungle and you got to bear witness of who our God is in the worst and the most difficult of times. You need to be able to stand. You need to be able to go to work tomorrow and you need to know that my God saves. I've got a savior. Verse 12. I love the way God boasts. He has every right to do it. He has every right to talk it up big. And we have it here in this word in Isaiah 43, verse 12. God says this, I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you. You see, you and I, we cannot allow a strange God to detour us to cause us to shift away from the declaration of God, the salvation of God, and the proclamation of God. The declaration of God. You don't have to go there, but Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8 and 9, speaks of the declaration of God, what God declares. I love this because God said, I declare, I save, and I proclaim. Isaiah 42, verse 8 says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other. God does not desire to share the glory with anybody or anything. Hear what I'm saying. He alone gets the glory. That's it. 
Yeah, there's a lot of good things that might happen in your life. Yeah, there's a lot of great moments, a lot of opportunities you get, a lot of cool people that you meet, a lot of places that you go. But everywhere you go, God gets the glory. And every person that you meet, God gets the glory. And before you begin to praise somebody else for helping you out, remember this, it was God that brought that person along to help you out. You get a raise on your job. Thank you, boss. I really appreciate it. All glory to my Savior, Jesus Christ, for putting it on your heart to give me that raise. You meet somebody that has just, just changed your lives. Now you're in love, and you just love that person. Before you claim them as a knight in shining armor, and before you find out that there's a whole lot of dents and cracks in their armor, you need to give God the glory and trust in his grace. Because let me tell you something. We've got all, all of us got imperfections and flaws. But there's only one, there's only one that gets all the glory, no other, nor my praise. He says, nor my praise given to carved idols. Carved idols, meaning this, be careful, be careful how you praise those things that are man-made. Be careful. Because what happens is, when our hearts are given to praise those things that are man-made, we take our eyes off of God who declares, saves, and proclaims good things over our lives. And so what happens is, is when all of our praise is given to those man-made things, those, those good things that we're able to create, the, the technologies in life, the material things that we want, the cars that we love to look at, and the furniture, and the shoes, and the sneakers, and the purses, Lord have mercy, the persons. <laughs> you see, be careful how much you praise the Gucci and Versace and Valor. And, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Because the more you praise those things, the more you want those things. And then before you know it, you're not satisfied unless you have the gift and you have lost your joy by just simply being in the presence of the gift giver. I don't need the gifts as long as I have the gift giver. Because the gift giver has given me life. The gift giver has set me free. The gift giver says this, behold, in verse 9, the former things have come to pass. The new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. You see, the gift giver wants to give you new things, wants to give you purpose, wants to give you destiny. But the gift giver wants you to be fully attentive to him. The gift giver wants all the glory. The gift giver wants you to trust him and put your faith in him, knowing this, that God's got it under control. The gift giver, God himself says, put your trust in me. Trust that I'm going to do a new thing. Trust that when you wake up tomorrow, you can expect that I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to keep you tomorrow. If you're not focused on who God is, then you'll show up tomorrow at work expecting something that your boss will give you. Or, I need a $15,000 raise. I'm expecting it. But for you and I who give God the glory and trust him completely, I'm just expecting God to be faithful. 
and I trust that he has the final say. So I can go to work tomorrow and my boss can be completely nasty with me starting in the morning, but that's okay because I'm not defined by what my boss says to me. I'm fully validated and defined in the glory of Christ Jesus and my life surrendered to the one true God. And even though you might have not said the things I wanted to hear today, I'd still give God all the glory and, and praise. And when you have a dependency on God like that, he's going to declare new things over your life. He's Savior. And here's what God proclaims in Luke chapter 4. And it's also in Isaiah 61, but I, I love the way Luke recalls this powerful word. Here is the proclamation over your life that comes from the one true God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now listen to this. Jesus is talking about himself. He said, the Spirit, he's the triune God. He can talk like that. God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're one. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, meaning I have power. I have authority. I'm anointed. You see, what did I tell you a little earlier? God can boast in himself. He's the only one that can really do that because he is the beginning and the end. He has all power, all authority. To proclaim good news to the poor. You see, God proclaims over your life good news. You've got good news tonight. There's good news tomorrow. You're going home tonight with good news. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. So tonight God proclaims freedom in your life. I don't know what's kept you bound. I don't know what's held you back. But you're going to be free tonight in the name of Jesus. The chains are broken in the name of Jesus. Whatever has kept you bound, you are free in the name of Jesus. This is the proclamation of the Lord. And I'm going to I'm, this is for the recovering of sight to the blind. I'm going to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is important. God says it in his word. He declares, he saves, and he proclaims. This is the proclamation of the Lord for you tonight. I feel it in my spirit. I am going to set those who are oppressed free. Whatever oppression that you're feeling, oppressed by fear, oppressed by doubt, oppressed by just loneliness, whatever that is, that oppression that's been lingering over your head. Jesus said this, I'm going to set you free from it so that you can bear witness of my power. So that you can step out of here tonight and you can declare that I am a good God. And that I'm going to fight your battles. And it may look like you're surrounded by a whole lot of mess and dark stuff, but you are surrounded by the army of the Lord. It's the only God, the only one true God the word says this, you are my witnesses in Isaiah 43, declares the Lord, and I am God. And henceforth, I am he, and there is none who can deliver from my hand. I said it earlier, for every person who believes in faith, you are in the palm of the mighty hand of God. 
Rest. Rest in his hand. Don't move, just rest. Rest in the palm of God's mighty hand. He said, I work. I work, and who can turn it back? Turn to somebody real quick and tell them, God puts in work. I work. The last time I heard about God taking rest was in Genesis when he created this world, put the moon and the stars in place. I mean, he was just showing off as the master creator, right? Just stars, a moon, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, blue sky, clouds, birds, bugs. Eh, why not? I believe God has a sense of humor. Lord have mercy. I really do wish he would have left out the roaches and the rats on behalf of New York City. But he knew we'd be aggressive enough to stomp them things out. Either that or run for our lives. <laughs> and the master creator created this world and then and then he rested on the seventh day. But ever since then, you, maybe you can find it in the word, but my word says that God's always putting in work on our behalf. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't take a time out. He doesn't look for a palm tree to stop and rest under. He doesn't need a break. He's always working it out on our behalf. He's always ahead of us. He's always behind us. He's always to the left and to the right of us. Right of us. He's always putting in work. Uh, I go back real quick to 1 Kings, and you don't got to turn there. You can just listen, but I'm reminded of the kind of work that God puts in when he needs to show off and remind us that no strange God will ever take the place of who he is as the risen Savior. We serve a jealous God. He doesn't like to share our time. He doesn't like to share the glory with something else. He wants all the praise and all the glory. In 1 Kings chapter 18, this is a great story. It's when Elijah confronts the prophets of Baal. Baal was this pagan idol god. And there were 450 prophets that had gathered that day. 450 of these dudes. But then there was Elijah who knew who his god was. This really represents what we're facing right now in our society. Can I get an amen? Yes. I know sometimes you feel like you're outnumbered on your job. Or maybe some of you feel outnumbered even in your home. Can I get an amen? Yes. Some of you feel outnumbered just in your community. Maybe it's really hard, but, but this story, I pray, would just in these few minutes, would just, I pray that it would remind you that greater is he that is in you, the Bible says, than he that is in the world. So the numbers and the natural do not add up to the supernatural power of God that dwells inside of you. The numbers and the natural will never match the supernatural power that cannot be numbered. It cannot be numbered. What God puts inside of you, it cannot be numbered. There's no mathematical figure that can describe the amount of power that's been given to you and I. Man, that's such a good feeling. And you have to believe that in faith. If you don't believe that in faith, then you'll always 
you always think in the natural. You're always constantly reasoning within yourself as to whether uh, maybe, maybe I can defend the faith. Maybe I can't. Maybe I just need to back away. Maybe I just need to shut up. Maybe I just need to read my Bible more. Yes, you need to read your Bible more. But if you just believe in faith that Jesus is Lord, I'm telling you, you have his spirit living inside of you and God's going to give you the words to say. Here was Elijah in this moment. And in, in, in verse 21, Elijah came near to all the people, 450 prophets, and all, and all of God's people were there, all watching. And Elijah said this, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer did not answer him a word. It was a moment of guilt. It was a moment when Elijah called them out on their mess. They'd been limping around on two opinions. They, they, they come to church, but they're, they're attracted to new age. They come to church. They, they like the way it feels at, at Times Square Church, but there's still this kind of Worshipping ancestors and sometimes still praying to grandma because maybe it just in past that's what my family has always done. I, 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 like, I like the whole concept of God and Jesus and, and the cross, but oh man, I just, I just feel like there's still just something in me by myself that I need to figure out for myself. And, 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 and I've got this whole book, this, this book I've been reading about self-empowerment, and it, it just makes me feel better about myself. But the word of the Lord says, how long will you limp between two different opinions? Because when you are not fully given to Jesus Christ, it will cripple you. When you are not fully surrendered to God, you will find yourself limping along the way. Elijah and his boast, his boast and his brag about the mighty God. He goes, he said, come on, let's do this. All right, I'm going to take a bull, you take a bull. We're going to cut that bull up, we're going to lay it on the wood, we're going to sacrifice that bull. That's what Elijah says. He says, so guess what? 450 of you, I need you to sacrifice a bull, but bring no fire. And I'm going to cut my bull up and I'm going to lay my bull on the wood but no fire. This is what he says. You call upon the name of your God and I will call upon the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire, he is God. So go ahead. Let's make a sacrifice. Cut up your bull, put it on the wood. Don't you dare pull out a match. I'm telling you. I'm going to cut up my bull. I'm going to put it on the wood. No match, no fire. I'm just going to call on the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm going to watch him do something supernatural. But I'm just saying, you go ahead. You call on your God. You call on your money. You call on your career. You call on your homie that's always looking out for you. But I'm going to call on Jesus. You call on good karma. But I'm going to call on the goodness of Jesus Christ. You call on new age, but I'm going to call on Jesus Christ who made me a new person because of the finished work of the cross. You call on whatever you call, but let's see how it goes down, all right? And the Bible says that they took the bull that was given to them and they prepared it and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon. 
And they were saying, oh, Baal, oh, Baal, answer us, Baal. But there was no voice because idols don't talk back. There was no one that answered. And the Bible says that they limped around the altar that they had made. <laughs> and at noon, in verse 27, Elijah mocked them. Elijah feeling real confident right now. But when you know who God is, confidence starts to rise up. When you know that Jesus saves, when you know that Jesus declares, when you know that Jesus has proclaimed his promises over your life, you're able to speak up. So Elijah goes, hey, 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 cry aloud, for he is a God, right? Or either he is musing or he is relieving himself, or maybe he's on a journey. This is the word of God saying this. This is what Elijah did. This is what he's saying to 450 guys while they're limping around. Maybe he went to go use the bathroom. Maybe, maybe he decided to take a trip and he's coming back later. Perhaps he's asleep and, and maybe you got to wake him up. Come on. And in verse 28, the Bible says that they cried aloud and they cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. It really speaks on today's generation. A generation lost because their idols don't talk back to them. So still in the midnight hour, they find themselves lonely, confused as to who they are, not understanding that their identity is in Christ Jesus. And now we've got children and teenagers. Today we've got grown people that are still self-cutting because they're unhappy with the way they look and there hasn't been enough music videos for them to watch to feel confident. Your favorite celebrities are not going to bring you hope. They're not going to talk back to you. Your favorite actors, your favorite movie, the YouTube channels that you go to, those things that you watch on your phone and on your laptop, the addictions that you have, Pornography is not the voice. It is a voice of destruction, a voice of confusion. It is a voice that sends you into this fantasy world, removing you of the reality and the truth that you need Jesus Christ. It is vain imagination that distorts your mind. But my God, he saves they cried aloud. They cut themselves. Blood had gushed out everywhere. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation. And still there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. The idols don't talk back. But then here's Elijah. Y'all done? You good? Need to put a band-aid on that. <laughs> Bleeding all over the place. Because it's, it's a mess. It's a bloody mess when you don't know who Jesus Christ is as Lord and Savior. But anyway, hey, 
I need 12 stones, the Bible says. I need to fast forward here. 12 stones, and he builds an altar out of 12 stones, representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And then after he builds the, these 12 large stones and sets out this altar, he said, okay, now, now bring the wood. So he brings the wood and sets the wood. Okay, bring me that bull that's been cut up. So the bull, the pieces of bull, he sets on top. He said, hey, matter of fact, I need you to do this. I need y'all to build me a trench, a deep trench all the way around the altar. Could you, could you do that? What are you doing that for? Because I'm about to show off. I'm about to show you how powerful my God is. Build a trench. Build a trench. Go ahead. Come on. Build it. Build it all the way around. So they build this deep trench all the way around. Okay. Now I need you to start pouring water. Pour water right on the bull. Right down the wood. Right down the stones and into the trench. You did it one time. I need you to do it again. Two. Do it again. Two more times. Two times. Alright. Second time. Boom. Come on. Keep it pouring. I need you to do it a third time. Because three represents completion. Three represents the power of Jesus, the resurrection of our Savior, the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. So come on, pour it on. And the Bible says that they poured it until it was drenched, the wood, the stones, the bull, and the trench was filled up with water. And then he prays this. He says this, answer me, O Lord. Verse 37, answer me that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell. Um, I, 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 I'd like to believe in faith that all of you maybe are, are looking at this, but I did tell you you didn't have to go there, but just listen, I'm sorry. Because sometimes you just need to see the word because it's just so beautiful. The Bible says after he prayed, see, you have to pray. You have to pray, Jesus, come. Jesus, reveal yourself. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I need a miracle. Jesus, when I go to work tomorrow, I need you to do something supernatural. You're the only God. I put my trust in you. And he goes, God, show off. Show off, God. And I know tonight God wants to show off in your life. And this is what God does. The fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and lit up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. He is the Lord. He is the Lord. I love that. You see, God will make sure in his power and authority that there is no question as to who and what it is that will do a miracle in your life. When God decides to show off, it's supernatural. And as you go out and bear witness of who God is, there will be no question as to what's going on in your life there will be a recognition that God's hand is over your life. There was no question about it. It was impossible for man to do. Could you imagine that? This is what I was trying to describe to you. Stones. The Bible says that the stones burned up. The Bible says that the fire came down and first wiped out the bull. The bull just, just gone. And, and, and now, now we know that wood burns. 
So just in case 450 prophets were still standing there like this going, mm, mm, yeah, I mean, fire burns up wood. I don't see what's so spectacular, spectacular about that. Maybe that's some type of black magic, but, but fire can't just burn up stones like that. Now, now here, just so that they would really know about the power of God, he said the stones aren't enough. Because maybe some of you may know this, but when there's a fire, dust is, is left. When there's a fire, there's just all types of dust and, and ash. The Bible says here that even the dust burned up. Gone. Why? Because when God moves in his power, it is a finished work. And I believe that the removal of the dust is God's, it's, it's God's desire to remove any remnant of doubt amongst you and I as believers. The dust represents the, the lingering remnants of doubt that we sometimes have, that we sometimes face going, eh, I'm not sure. If you're really going to come through, I'm, I'm not sure. Can you hear me? Are you there, God? But tonight, he's going to remove the dust of doubt. Hallelujah. The dust of fear. Thank you, but you're going to have to step out in faith as you go out. I'm not just talking about the, the altar call that we're going to have here, but, but when you go out. I'm not so much concerned about who comes forward. I just want to make sure that when you walk out, that there's a couple hundred of people here in the house of the Lord that says, I know who my God is, without a doubt. Maybe there's been some strange gods, and you don't have to be ashamed about this. But maybe tonight you've given your attention to other things. Maybe tonight you've been lingering between two opinions. Maybe you feel like you've just been limping along in your faith. Let's pray. Let's pray about that. No more limping. Maybe you just want to be, uh, I just, I don't normally do this, but there are two altar calls tonight. Maybe you haven't been a witness of who God is. You just, you've drawn back. You just kind of come to church, but you, you see, we started out in Isaiah 43 that God said, I, I need witnesses. I need people who are going to know, they're going to believe, and they're going to understand, and they're going to they're live their lives fully given to me, and they're going to bear witness of who I am, my power, my glory. And if that's you tonight saying, oh, man, I need to be a witness tonight of Jesus Christ. I brag about a lot of other stuff, but I need to be a witness of Jesus Christ. And if that's you tonight, you come forward. If this word is speaking to you right now, you can feel it in your heart. You can feel it. You need to come forward in the name of Jesus. Would you just lift your hands up with me? Would you pray this prayer after me? Heavenly Father, I believe that you have given me your son, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I believe you died on the cross 
for all of my sins. You paid my sin debt in full. Forgive me for all that I have done wrong. I know now that you are the one and only true God. I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you. Thank you, Jesus. Live inside of me. Make me a new person. Tonight, I'm no longer limping along. I want to be a witness of who you are. By the power of your Holy Spirit that you have given me to lead and guide me and to strengthen me. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.